Welcome to the Sunday morning service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where Pastor Lauren Regeer opens God's Word each week to provide us with biblically-based teaching that helps you meet life head-on. Thank you for joining us, and may your hearts be blessed as God's Word is taught. And now, here is Pastor Lauren Regeer. Amazing love, what a great theme that is. Thank you so much, ladies, for reminding us. It's been a great theme all day today. And uh, we, I, I do understand, I, I, I'm aware of the time, in case you were wondering about that. Isn't it amazing as believers how we just love when a baseball game goes into extra innings, but when the preacher gets close to spending more time than he thinks you think he ought to spend in the Word, we get a little nervous and squirm in our pew. I will do my best to uh, keep it short. Like a mummy pressed for time, I am. First Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we will continue our series called to be saints, and I promise to economize the moment, uh, the moments this morning, and I thank you for your good attention. What a blessing it is to have a Christian school that we could pray for, encourage, and every day during the school year I see opportunities come in the front door. Some of them are well, they're a challenge to us, but they're all opportunities, and so we're grateful for the leadership and every student that comes through, and what a blessing to be a part of Bible Baptist a Christian School and the ministry of the church, how we work hand in hand. I'm so thankful for Brother Needler. He stepped up. He's fitting into some big shoes, but we're thankful for he and his wife. Pray for him. It's a new year, a new journey for him as well. Father, we're grateful for the time we have together in the Word today. I pray that Although it's a little bit compressed and we'll have to have a little bit of an economy of time, we just pray, Lord, that this will be profitable, that we would learn something. This morning as we look at the inspired Word of God, we want to hear from you and we want to apply the truth that is in the Word that's eternal to our hearts. And I thank you again for the privilege of just spending this time together. All right, Lord, we just want to turn our attention now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to remind you, as I was praying, I thought <laughs> a little confused, but I, I just thought about the, the, the upcoming revival services that we're having in just a few days. Really, Matt Galvin is going to come in uh, next Sunday morning. He will be here with his wife, Hannah, and so pray about that. We will meet together with him on Sunday, both services, and then on Wednesday night, he will be sharing his heart with us as well. So pray about that. And then every day in school, he'll be sharing chapel services. So pray for the ministry here. Let's begin reading this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. God is faithful by whom ye were called into the fellowship of his Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions uh, among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you saith, and here's uh, the contentions, here's the division, I'm of Paul, I'm of Paulus, I'm of Cephas, and I of Christ. <laughs> Our topic this morning is simple. The message is entitled, Is... Christ divided. We know who the, really the author of confusion and separation and division is. It's the devil. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. It is the Lord that unifies, that brings us fellowship, that calls us together and places us in his family. And there ought, no be, ought be no divisions 
within the context of the house of God that would bring us to a place where we're fighting brethren all the time. Here we see verse 11, Chloe was the whistleblower, came to Paul and said, there are contentions in the church at Corinth. It's only been 18 months or so. And so we see that uh, that Paul was there and he left and it's now four or five years later and he hears that the church is beginning to fight itself instead of fighting the devil. It's fighting itself. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been in a ministry that was full of infighting and division that even came to a place where the church split. I suppose a lot of us know those kinds of ministries. And here there was, a, there was the, really the, uh, the, the beginning of a church split in Corinth over personalities. And Paul really writes the 16 chapters here before us in 1 Corinthians to address this division of heart really is the response to Chloe's concern. In verse 13, again, as Christ divided, was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the house of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us that are saved it is the power of God. There ought to be, I believe, real unity in the church. I mentioned last week a little bit about the city of Corinth. We're called to be saints. Some pictures there in the first slide or so of different things within the ministry. We see Paul as he labors from probably the town of Ephesus, writing to correct the problems at Corinth. And we see the remnants there, the ancient remnants of the temple uh, to Artemis or to uh, Aphrodite, and we see that really the, a, a good reconstruct of the, of the, not the Colosseum there, but the theater that was used in the town of Corinth. And Paul was addressing the church that he loved and wanted to protect and promote a vision of unity. Last week we already mentioned where this church looks like in the map, in a strategic location that connected two land masses, a place at that time where everybody needed to come, sailors as well as those traversing land from north to south. So it was on purpose that God sent this man, Paul, to start a church in a very in a very polluted, immoral, corrupt city. And what a work God did there. It's a blessing to know that God is always at work, no matter how dark the culture, no matter how difficult the situation, God builds his church and is building his church. Right here we see a map of uh, what the city must have looked like as Paul and Silas worked, especially Paul with Aquila and Priscilla as they sewed and sold tents in the Agora, the open market. Right there you see a, a picture there of perhaps where Saul would have set up his little shop and sold to those that came to the marketplace. But that wasn't why Paul went there. He went there because there were souls in the city that needed to hear the gospel. And what a blessing it was for Paul to come. Here it is just a few years later and Paul's hearing that things are falling apart, so to speak. There's fighting uh, with, uh, among each other over so many different issues. They're carnal and immoral, and this was creeping into the church. And so Paul writes this letter to address these many needs. I love the story of the father trying to explain to his young children the story of their own family tree. He said, now kids, we pollings are very diverse in our background. Your mother was born in the Midwest. I was born in Oregon. 
Some of you were born in Ohio, one in Massachusetts, and one in New York. Little Jane, who was only six, looked up at her father intently and spoke up, and she said, Daddy, isn't it wonderful how we all got together, (laughs) born in all these different places? As I look at you as a church, a local church, a manifestation of the church, the one true church of Jesus Christ, saved by the blood, bought by the blood of Christ, I'm amazed every Sunday how we all got together. (laughs) There's folks here from all over America, different backgrounds. I, I, I began to list some of the different places we're from, not just America, but internationally. We have folks here from Kansas, of all places, Togo, West Africa, Dominica, Indiana, Brazil, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Alabama. That's a foreign country, Alabama. Have you noticed that? They bald peanuts. I went to college from the Midwest, and they said there's such a thing as bald peanuts. I said, well, is, do some have hair? Some are bald? No, they said bald peanuts. I got the, finally got the picture when I tasted one. I don't see what they see in that. But it's wonderful. I guess there's bald peanuts in Georgia, too. But it's wonderful that God can call us from all these different places, all these different backgrounds, and give us a sense of unity, no matter what your accent is, no matter what your background is. Why has God called you to the family tree? What is it that makes you a part of this fellowship? Would you please notice again verse 9 of chapter 1, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship. What a great word that is. The unity, the community of those who are saved by the grace of God. It is that which binds our hearts together and provides for us true fellowship. It's wonderful how God has brought us all together. You are, verse 2, the church, not of some pastor, but you are the church, say it of God. And we are made saints, set apart ones. We figured that out last week by the grace of God in Christ. And so God has been faithful. He's the one who's called you to himself and provided this fellowship. So the miracle of such a vision, the miracle of such a fellowship has to be attributed to the grace of God that has called us out of darkness into his glorious kingdom of light. Isn't that wonderful to know? God has done that. And the truth is that where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. But also it is, it is true that where two or three are gathered, there's also potential for problems. Isn't there? Sure there are. Your family and mine is the same. We're sinners. Although we're saved by grace, no miracle happens. and erases from us a propensity, a proneness, to sin and to fight. Have you noticed the silly things that churches fight about, fight over? All kinds of crazy things, right, that we fight for and fight about. And uh, so what happened is Chloe made her way all over (laughs) the way to Ephesus and found Paul, and she became the tattletale, verse 11, for it has been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions of... Do you have somebody in your family, parents, young children, that is the official or unofficial tattletale? Usually it's the oldest girl. And she comes and whispers, uh, well, have you seen what, what, have you noticed? And she's always the one that's holier than thou. She always, (laughs) 
is the one who's trying to get her siblings in trouble. Now, Chloe comes uh, to Paul, and her attitude is completely different. You know, it's one thing to gossip, to spread something on Facebook or something about a church, or, or to go to the, you know, wherever, the back hallway, and kind of whisper about this thing you're, you're critical about, or discouraged about, or you're spreading this, and you're staying away from going, as the Bible says, to the person, or to those most able to solve the problem, and Chloe has a heartache for the church, instead of maybe getting on a social media platform or writing a note or getting on the cell phone and spreading the problem. She goes to Paul and her heart is broken and she says, we are divided and our, le our leadership even is divided. Would you please help us? It's okay to go to those most able to solve and to heal it's quite another thing just to spread rumors or gossip or spread criticism about another brother's. That's not helpful. But as you go to the person and then go uh, to the right people that can help, the Bible's clear. Start with the one that's been an offense or has offended you. And then if that doesn't work, take with you the leadership of the church and try to work it out. And finally, when these kinds of gentle admonitions don't work, bring it before the church so that there be a unified approach to ministry. Well, really, that's the introduction, and I'm out of time. Just one other thought here before we wrap up today. Uh, the church um, sees this tremendous battle ongoing here. And because of Chloe's real heart for solutions and for unity she goes to Paul, and here's what Paul hears, verse 12. Now this I say, every one of you says, I'm a, I, I prefer a different personality. And she is at least gracious enough and wise enough to go to Paul. And Paul would remind us, and I would remind you this morning, just before we uh, go home and then return, perhaps this afternoon, to share in the grief and comfort of one who's lost a loved one, and thankfully, aren't we thankful that this loved one isn't lost, safe in the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ? But isn't it good to know that in our struggles, even in our, even in our pain and grief, there is one who brings us to a place of fellowship? And that's what Paul started. His opening volley in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is this. This is not, you are not called to fight. You are called, your identity, your, your identity is in a new birth. You are saved by grace. Our fellowship is based on our relationship. You are called into the fellowship or unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Fellowship shouldn't be based on a preference or on a minor trifle, nor should it be divided in our churches by our preferences. Let me just say that. I don't want to stir things up, but so often we come to church and the main thing we bring to church, uh, and so let me just meddle a little bit before we close. Okay to do that. What we do is we bring to church our fences. Now, nothing wrong with preferences and everyone has opinions and preferences, but a biblical conviction ought to be based on the clear teaching of Scripture. So many churches are divided over preferences. We've seen that, and often 
Uh, the reason we lose our fellowship, as they did at Corinth, is because we come in and we can't, we're myoptic or we're OCD about our preferences. Instead of remembering that we are called and our fellowship is based on the fact that we are brothers and sisters unified by our calling into the gospel and our fellowship surrounds and is centered upon the gospel, what Christ alone did for us by taking our sin and exchanging it for his righteousness and giving us hope in heaven, instead of that being the song that lifts our hearts and our steps as we approach the temple or the church, we are all wrapped up in a fence and we come in with a fence and a preference and we get separated. And I could give you a list of these hobby horses and, and even good things, but aren't the main thing. Churches divided over colors of carpet and over a potluck or a comment or whether to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, whether to get vaccinated or not to get vaccinated. And we get OCD about our preference, even political positions. And, and we can't let go of these things to the detriment and to the division and to the harm of the church. And you have your preference or you have your opinion and I have mine but this organism this church body and Paul reminds us you talk about a bunch of knuckleheads that was the church at Corinth first generation Christians some of them still undecided about changing old habits and life some of them still circling the temple to Aphrodite some of them still out of sorts and Paul says listen I'm hearing from Chloe that you're divided over a lot of stuff. I want you to be reminded that you're the church by which God has called you out of darkness by the gospel, and so let Christ be the main thing. That's where he starts. Now next week, we're going to find out how important, or week after next, Brother Galvin will be here, but we're going to find out how important doctrine is. Doctrine unifies, and leadership ought to present a clear picture of what good doctrine is. And yes, uh, it's important to understand that, uh, that we are called under the name of Christ our Lord, verse 2. That is what identifies us as a church and unifies us. And I, I you know, we moved to, we moved to Georgia and even, even in, a, in a more intense way, down here we realize that there's a lot of competition between churches. Not that there wasn't in Indiana, but there tends to be. I am of, you name the church. I am of, you name the pastor, right? But here Paul says, now listen, some of you are saying I'm of Paul. I'm of Paulist. I'm of Cephas. I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Who saved you? Did Paul die for you? Verse 13 or did we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Apostle Paul? Because if we did, Paul is chiding them now after this warm introduction. Paul is stop it. You were saved by Christ, saved by faith in the finished work of Christ. He adopted you. He brought you in. He gave you the standing and the state that you have. And God himself is the one that protects and provides and promotes the, promotes the vision of the church. And so quit being personality-driven. 
I didn't save you, Paul says. I was simply a conduit of that grace. God died for you. So Christ sent me not. That's why he's, Paul is not saying I'm not, I'm not interested in baptism. No, the Bible knows of nothing of an unbaptized church member. So he's not diminishing the importance of baptism. It doesn't save us. Paul is just distancing himself from the attitude that says, listen, it's all about who baptized me or who married me, some famous person. And we all have our favorites, don't we? Pastors and so forth. Howard Hendricks, famous Bible teacher at Dallas Seminary for so many years, I met a man after one of his um, series of seminars that he offered in Texas. The man had driven a thousand miles because he just loved the ministry of Howard Hendricks. What a great Bible teacher. And after uh, the service, the man said, oh, I just love, love, love the way you uh, exposit scriptures. I am of Howard Hendricks. And Brother Hendricks said, listen, sir, it's okay to drive a long way to hear a great preacher and good preaching, but if you have a church however imperfect, with all of its different personalities, that is faithfully doing its best to teach and preach the Word of God as it's presented in Scripture expositionally, then instead of driving a thousand miles and following me around all over America, just go back home, walk across the street, and love the people, no matter how imperfect they may be, that are trying to serve the Lord in your local church. Get involved. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the leadership. That they together in harmony would appreciate the fact they are called by God. The fellowship is about the gospel and the promotion of it. And the mutual edification and growth of disciples that comes in the church body. Oh, how I love the church. The warmth of the body. The accountability of the body. The joy that comes when we serve each other and pray for one another. Instead of pick on one another, I'm of Paul. Uh, he's so evangelistic. I am Peter. He, I love the Jewish illustrations that Peter uses. I am of Apollos. When Apollos preaches, I can hear angels sing. He's so articulate, and I never fall asleep when Apollos preaches. Oh no, says those who are holier than thou, I am of Christ. Lord says, you all ought to be of Christ, right? And on that basis and on that grounds is the true harmony and love that's fostered. The church ought to be known by what? The early church was known by its fights? No, by its love. Do we love one another? We ought to. That was point number one. Well, let's pray together, and I want you to meet the deacons, the new deacons. Before you leave, we're going to pray for them. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Pastor Lauren Regeer at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.